Hello, hello, Heather Jean here, Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast. If you're listening to this, you uh, can also see this on the vodcast, which is on the Confidence Through Cabaret YouTube channel under the vodcast playlist. Uh, if you're watching this, then of course you can get uh, the audio version anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Confidence Through Cabaret and you'll find us. So welcome for today. And we are talking all about managing your inner critic. So I do a huge amount of work around uh, imposter voice and overcoming your imposter voice. And in this edition, I, I wanted to just talk about that inner critic a little bit more because I realized uh, I was doing a little bit of uh, editing and updating of the show notes over the weekend. And I realized that I haven't really talked about this in the podcast. And so I wanted to share some insight and tips from my experience about managing your inner critic and or your imposter voice. I don't talk about imposter syndrome very often because I think it makes it gives it too much importance. And it almost kind of gives us a label that says, you know, oh, well, I've got imposter syndrome, so I can't do those things. And that's not true. Um, it might be true that you have imposter syndrome, but it's not true that 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 should prevent you or that that's necessarily going to prevent you um, from doing things or or form as a label that um, kind of explains why you're not doing things. So let's talk a little bit more about the inner critic. So for those of you I haven't met before, I'm Heather Jean, hello. And uh, I help women to build unshakable confidence and to really be able to reconnect with our body as it is whether it's how you want it to be or not doesn't isn't the point. It's about accepting your body for where it is and what it, it's like. And it's about appreciating, having genuine gratitude for how your body supports you. Um, it's also about connecting with our mindset. And that's where this inner critic voice comes in. And we're going to talk a lot about the voices in our heads. So you know, that mind-body connection, and I say this very often, what we experience in our mind, so it starts with a thought and we give it emotion and it gets momentum and that creates a physiological uh, response, you know, um, shallower breathing, increased heart rate, uh, pupil dilation, all kinds of things. Some of them you'll be less aware of than others, but it creates as if that is happening, as if it's real. And so what what tends to happen is that that then gets a cycle going with our thoughts and then we start to really um, engage in those thoughts more and vice versa so sometimes you know we 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 feel stress in our body and we're maybe tensing our shoulders or clenching our fists or our jaws or our toes or you know wherever you um you know kind of experience that clench um, and that can create or generate thoughts. And so it's a it's a, a very related thing. And that and what I do is help women to be able to take back control of that cycle and to be able to accept and appreciate the body for who how it is and who it is, and then um work with the mindset. And sometimes we start with the, the opposite way with the mindset and, and then work into the body. Um, so all of my programs include body work and movement um, that's unchoreographed that just allows our body to move with our mind switched off. And so all of my programs, um, you know, kind of have one night a week of, of the, that uh, body movement and one night a week of, you know, kind of input and, and discussion and experiences. So I do uh, programs about love the skin that you're in. I do programs about 
um, you know, body confidence and building strategies to um, gaining more confidence because confidence is a momentum. And I talk about this every time that, you know, we all have highs and lows. And when we have that momentum, our lows aren't as low and we don't stay down as long because it goes back up quite quickly. It's a bit like a roller coaster, you know, it, it dips down and, and has the momentum to, to go back up uh, to the, the highest heights and, and to continue to build uh, even higher. So um, let's talk a little bit about our voices in our head. So most of us have some sort of an inner critic, whether that's a more extreme version in terms of uh, our imposter voice, or whether that's just our voice, you know, that talks to us like a toxic best friend in our head that goes, oh, way to go, that was so stupid, you know, or you'll never be able to do that, or whatever it is that your inner critic says to you, or, you know, picks out only the mistakes, you know, you'll be maybe reading something you've written and you'll just see almost like a spotlight onto those words uh, that are that are errors and not quite right. And that can be, you know, advantageous as well, because obviously that helps us with editing and that helps us to be able to improve and grow, but it's all about how you look at it. So we all have that inner voice that is critical. Uh, and, and you know, we, when we hear that word critical, we often think of, oh, that's going to be so negative. It's critiques, right? It, and that's what allows us to grow. So it's all in how you look at it. Some of us have an imposter voice and the imposter voice is um is 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 a stronger version of that is is part of what feels like our identity if we don't get a handle on it and and that's where we fail to internalize our successes that's where we've you know we've had successes and we've had failures um but we 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 focus on those failures we highlight those failures and then we give the definition of failure as again something negative now, some of that is reinforced in how you were raised, so, you know, with, with your parents or carers and, and your family and your best friends around you and, and your teachers in school have a lot to play in that, where, you know, what is praised is that you're, you know, clever or funny or accurate or, you know, uh, can score goals or whatever it is. And so what you were praised for is is that reinforcement of doing those things more. And then, you know, what you were criticized for is is what you, you, you things that you might find difficult or things that you might find that you want to uh, improve on. And we often will focus on those negatives. And when we have imposter syndrome, we mainly focus on those negatives. So I'm actually really conscious of the gestures that I'm using now because last week we talked about confidence on camera with the amazing Adrian Spencer and in the confidence with coffee segment, which is the segment where I take up a, a piece of the podcast or vodcast episode and I expand on it a little bit more. Uh, last week I expanded on the use of gestures and how it helps us to access our information. And I'm, I'm, I'm acutely aware of my gestures now, uh, having talked about that and, and now being on camera again. Uh, so just letting you know what's going on in my mind and you see uh, what we feel is not what other people see or experience. So before I pointed that out, you didn't see that. Now I'm seeing that. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't touch your head. Don't don't move your hands. Um, that might be going on inside of my head. But of course, when we're connecting with an audience, then they're not aware of those kind of thoughts. So, so worth bearing in mind that uh, we are more critical of ourselves than others ever will be. So another voice in our head, besides the inner critic, uh, possibly an imposter voice, 
is that voice that is our intuition. And when we tap into the feminine energy, which is about feeling, creativity, uh, intuition, uh, gratitude and grace, then then we hear a, a different voice. Now, the thing is, our inner critic is very often louder than our intuition, because our intuition usually is a whisper. And sometimes it's, it's a, 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 a little bit stronger than that, but we can very easily drown it out with our inner critic, which is very related to our ego. So anytime that you are judging yourself and or others or circumstances, anytime that you are talking about, you know, actual physical things, we are in, you know, material things, we are in our ego. And when we let that go, then we can start to tap into our intuition. And so it is important that we have the masculine energy that is about, you know, correcting mistakes, that is about, you know, achieving results, that is about, you know, driving and competing. Uh, but it, it, it also is important that we can control and quiet that down so that we can hear our intuition, so that we can hear what we feel, so that we can hear our desires, um, because that's what's going to keep us on the path of our most positive passion. And so if if you needed any reasons for quieting your in, inner critic, other than, you know, it's driving you crazy and it stops you from doing things or it, you know, criticizes you when you do do things, then that, that tuning into that intuition is especially important because that's where you can find your, your true passion. So another voice that we talk a lot about in Confidence Through Cabaret is your stage voice. Now, I ask all of my guests every week to uh, tell me about what kind of cabaret performance they would do uh, in a small venue with a relatively small audience. Maybe they would be singing or dancing or performing burlesque or doing some sort of uh, aerial or contortion or circus kind of skills, or or maybe they would be doing stand-up comedy or a combination of things. And I always ask them, what would they be doing so they can start to get into that state of mind of, hmm, yes, I might be singing. And then I ask them about what kind of prop they would want. Uh, and that is so that they can think, oh, maybe I would have a hat. So I have something to do. I have something, some way to move. I have some way to hide. I have some way to express or, or exaggerate uh, certain parts of the performance. And then the third thing that I ask them, and this is where I'm ultimately going in the first two questions, is towards how would they be introduced on stage and coming up with a stage name. Now, I try to push that stage name out of the, my guests so that they uh, come up with it quite quickly. Because if you start overthinking it and you start being really clever and you start saying, mm, what's a clever play on words and what would sound cool and so on, that's fine if, that, if you were... Um, going to be in a stage performance, you might want to go that far into your thinking. But it is much more about who is your stage person in your head, even if you're not going on stage. So that stage presence of being the fabulous or the queen or the, you know, glamorous or, uh, you know, um, a magnificent diva or whatever it is, then that is what another voice that you can tune into in your head. And that is fierce, powerful, strong, certain, capable, passionate. And that is something else that you can tap into. Now, all of these uh, are, are, are good resources for us when we need them. And so 
when we tap into that stage voice, mine is also Helen. Um, so Helen is a historical thing for lots of reasons. Uh, that's that's a, a, a name that just just goes back and, and has kind of stayed with me. Um, but instead of being Helen back, which is what I used to be about the story that I would tell about the anguish of my past, I wanted to move past that. And so I moved into also Helen because there's a lot of different ways that you can say that. There's a lot of, I, I like anything that has kind of different uh, personalities when you put different emphasis on the word. So uh, my my thinking is that I am uh, strong. I am also passionate. I am also fierce. I am also capable. I am also anything that I want to be. And when, and I do use this genuinely throughout any day. You know, if I'm trying to do something, let's say I'm even trying to carry heavy groceries and I'm thinking, oh, I just don't have the strength for this today. Then I go, no, I'm also Helen. I am fierce. I am strong. I can carry these. And all of a sudden, because our mind and body is so connection connected, I have that adrenaline and that momentum that takes me through something. If I have to make a phone call that I'm gonna find difficult, then I'll say, no, I am also Helen, and she is badass, and she makes this call, and she gets through it the best way possible. You know, so it's that, being able to tune into that. And that voice, when we tap into it, is stronger, louder, and more positive than our inner critic that's going, no, you can't, no, you shouldn't, no, you, you know, look at last time, or what could happen if, and you know, this strong, passionate persona of my stage name is is far um, far greater than my inner critic. I still allow my inner critic, uh, my imposter voice, even uh, when I need it the most. So if I hear that imposter voice to say I'm a soloist in, um, in, in imposter syndrome. I don't like to ask for or accept help even when it's offered or even when I need it. So I tap into that voice and to get to know my true self, I can start to explore. I'm hearing this. Don't ask for help. They're going to think you're weak. Don't ask for help. They're going to think that you're, you know, pathetic or whatever the words are. Um, then then I can start to explore that a little bit more. What What is that voice telling me? What What is the fear behind that? What is the worst case scenario? And what would happen if that happened? Can I live with that? And I can start to delve down into that a little bit more deeply. And that is a wonderful gift because my inner critic is there or my imposter voice is there to protect me from you know dangers that, and things that I fear. And so being able to have that is a, when I have the capacity and the bandwidth for it, I can start to um, dive into where is that fear coming from? And is that fear serving me? Does it come from a belief that I had in my past? You know, is, is it something that I was told when I was younger and it was reinforced and reinforced? Because our beliefs come from what we affirm to ourselves. So our beliefs come from what we say to ourselves over and over. Um, for example, I, I often use this one because it has haunted me for a long time, which is that I'm impatient. My mother told me I'm impatient all the time. Uh, another one is that my that I talk too much. My teachers told me that I talk too much. And thank you, teachers, because I do talk too much. And, and I have made a, a, a very large living off of that for all of my adult life, uh, talking too much. So that's been fantastic. So thanks for reinforcing that. But it's But I put a different spin on it 
it. Do you see? Rather than, oh, I talk too much. Mm, I should be quiet. I shouldn't say anything. Uh, and I lived that way for a very long time. I now go, yeah, I talk too much. And you know what? That means I express myself. You know what? That means I know what I want to say. That means that I know my message. And so we can put a different spin on what that means when we start to dive a little bit deeper into those affirmations that have become our beliefs. So when I start to think about, you know, um, my inner critic or my my imposter. And by the way, there are there are kind of archetypes in the imposter syndrome. There's the soloist that I've mentioned that prefers to do things on their own, even if they they're struggling. Um, there is the uh, natural genius. The natural genius expects that they're going to be able to pick things up like that uh, right away. Uh, and if they can't, then they don't choose to do it because that makes them feel uh, some sense of failure. Uh, there's also the perfectionist, and the perfectionist. It has to do things to their standards, which are incredibly high, sometimes impossibly high. And if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And sometimes uh, when we have that perfectionist tendency, then our um, perfectionist standards are much higher than the standards. So you understand those kind of standards of, of doing something. For example, when I set up a stage, uh, for an event, there's the standard of how it should be. And then there's my standard, which is impossibly high, that the whole stage would be polished first or not polished first if it makes it slippery or or whatever it is. Um, and so the standard is is what I should be aiming for. But I'm often, you know, far above that into my standard. Um, so perfectionism can stop us from doing things if, the, if it's not going to be perfect, then we can very often give up and say, do you know what? It's, it's not going to be good enough. Um, and and so you can start again to dive down into some of those beliefs that come from your, your, your imposter archetype. For example, you know, what makes you think that it's not good enough? What, what, what tells you that? How do you know that? Is it true? And you can start to really ask those questions. It's what I do with my coaching clients a lot. Um, another um, of the archetypes in the imposter voice is about superheroes and superheroes will often want to take on all the roles, so many roles that they add too much and unnecessary pressure. And so a little bit like the soloist, they often won't ask for help, but even if they have help, they take on those roles because they have to be everybody's superhero and they, they, they attempt to be all things to all people all the time, which is again, an impossibly high standard. Um, and then the fifth archetype in, in, um, imposter, syndrome, which we, we talk about a lot, is the uh, the expert. And so the expert is somebody who, you know, needs all of the, the badges, you know, needs the certificate. You know, I'm a qualified coach. I have 30 years of experience, but I need this co course. And then when I have that course, then it's still not enough. And I need more and I need more. Um, and, and, and I need to be the smartest person in any room. I have to have all of the information. And so we exhaust ourselves. Um, that Again, you know, if you reframe that and you look at what's behind that, for example, if I'm going into a corporate um, conference that I'm running, I will have at least three days of material for every one day that I do. And what that allows me to do is be able to say, oh, this isn't working so well, or the group went off this way. So let, here's here's a different way to look at it, or here's another exercise, or here's a, a, a different thing that, that we need to, to discuss. Um, and that comes from my preparation. So sometimes these um, these archetypes can be helpful for us, 
but it is worth doing the work to get to what's behind that. Why do you feel that you're not qualified? Why do you feel that it's not enough? Why do you feel that the, the not meeting the standards is not worth doing at all? Um, and that comes down to questioning things like our definition of failure. Um, so failure seems like the end of the line, you know, I failed, that's it. It can't be redone. I can't relive that past. Um, and no, that's true. But how you look at failure, whether you define it as, you know, the, the, the negativity that many of us give it, or whether you look at it as failure was simply a case of, I did not have all of the information available to me at the time of that performance or that, you know, delivery. Um, and now I have that because hindsight's wonderful. Um, I have that information. And so I failed to have that information. Maybe I should have, maybe I could never have had that information until I went through that experience. But now with this hindsight and this experience, I can move forward and be even better. And so failure is not necessarily a negative word. And so when I say do the work behind things, I'm talking about you know, really kind of checking in with what's your definition, what's your belief, what's your affirmations that you've been saying to yourself that maybe others were saying to you that you're affirming to yourself daily. And, you know, that that imposter voice or that inner critic, it, it's important to remember that that is there to protect us and to propel us forward. So, when we put a positive spin on that, then that's when we can really get, uh, you know, a lot of value, a lot of learning, a lot of growth, a lot of even redirection to finding the path that we want to be on or adjustment to the path that we are on. Um, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about, and I've got some notes here, um, is, is really thinking about with your inner critic, um, are you comparing yourself to others? So if you're comparing yourself to others, or in fact, competing with others, then that inner critic is going to be, you know, in its element, because your ego is there, I'm winning, or I'm not winning, or I need to change these things to win or whatever it is. And so I would say, you know, do your do your inner work, and then find your place to follow your path. And what others are doing, what others are thinking, what others are judging is not your problem. And so that can be really hard to let go. That's a lot of work. I, I've, I've done that work uh, hugely for myself. And I, I that's one of the things that comes up most often with my uh, clients as well, is, is just that, you know, letting go of the the, the the need to compare yourself to others or compete with others. And if I give you an example in my own personal life, we uh, because a lot of you will know, I, as well as burlesque, I also do um, pole and aerial. Um, and a lot of times people will say in a, in a, at a pole class, they'll say, how long have you been doing this? And I'll say, that's irrelevant. Um, because it doesn't say, did I have a break? You know, maybe I had an injury or something, or maybe I had a break over COVID, or maybe I just had a break because I, I didn't want to do it for a while. Um, doesn't take into account. So I could say, you know, I've been doing this for five years. I haven't because I had a whole year off. You know, um, it also doesn't take into account where I started from. So I started with somebody uh, at a very similar time who came from uh, uh, doing trapeze, right? And I came from doing nothing. So to compare ourselves three years later is kind of like a, 
uh, her, her an initial journey was like this and mine was like this very slow rise so you can't compare the two um the other thing that will happen often is that people will say you know in that how long have you been doing it then you know what can you do like can you do this particular uh inversion uh you know that's just lifting your feet up over your head onto to grasping the pole or or even being away from the pole in a balance um so and then people will say, well, can you do this and can you do that? Well, part of that depends on my flexibility, which is uh, a hugely part of how much do I work on my flexibility. It's also hugely part of my uh, um, uh, my DNA. You know, I was very blessed with um, uh, over flexibility, you know, um, so hypermobile. And, and so, you know, some of the moves have nothing to do with you know, how long I've been doing it, because there are some real expert pole dancers who uh, can't do some very basic moves because their body doesn't twist in that kind of way yet. And that's the key thing is it's it's a yet. If you really want to master something that it's, it's not there yet, it's not there yet. It's not, it's not that it's never going to be there. It's not that, oh, that's such a basic move. Why can't I do this? It's, it's not there yet. Um, and so, and that allows room for growth and that allows room for more momentum. So stop comparing yourself. Don't allow your inner critic to compare and compete with other people. Um, put out your offering and share that with the world. And that is competition. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what, um, what, what, what businesses should be doing. Um, so the other thing I would say is, uh, and I should have said this earlier, actually, is to name your inner critic. I have, I have, um, except for my intuition, I have names for all of them. So we've talked about naming your stage name, name your inner critic. If you have a more extreme imposter voice with, you know, one or all of the, or, or a combination of, of the, the, the five archetypes that I explained, uh, then name that. So that's this noise in your head. And if you name it, then you can talk to it as another identity. So uh, I've said this many times, mine is Donald because I made mine into a cartoon duck and it's like, wah, 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 wah. And, and so then I can sort of go, okay, Donald, you need to slow down. Let's have a look at this. Okay, Donald, I've got this. You can, you can quiet for a little while. And then I can start to tune into my other voices. Maybe it's my stage voice. Maybe it's my inner knowing. Maybe it's, you know, my, who I genuinely am. Um, but it's it, it, when you talk to it as another voice, just as your stage voice, okay, Helen, we got this. We can carry these groceries. Okay, Donald, I've got this. I don't need to be afraid of this, or I'm going to do it anyway. Thanks very much for that warning, for trying to keep me safe, but I'm okay. So we talked it with compassion. Sometimes I talk to my inner critic with um, almost gunfire voices. And, and I know that sounds really strange, but I'll go, okay, Donald, stop. Okay, thank you, stop. Okay, and if it won't, I'll just be like, Donald, stop. If it still carries on, then it's, I, I make like a, um, like a, a rifle noise and like, just kind of stop. You know, it's like a, a, a very sh a sharp, uh, noise in my head. Um, so you can try that. Uh, I learned that from the amazing Richard Bandler, who is one of the grandfathers of neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, um, along with Grinder, they, they um, identified and, and made famous uh, the NLP concepts that we know today. Uh, Richard Bandler said, you know, make make a, a noise that's like, you know, that. Um, and so that goes on in my head in a, in a sense. So name your inner critic, talk to your inner critic, and then 
um, you know, stop comparing yourself and competing with others. Um, and then the, the, the other thing to do there is to be able to, to recognize your success and celebrate that. So for example, if you were making a difficult call, maybe you were making a sales call and it was, you know, it was scary, or it was, you were thinking, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. They're not going to want it. They're not going to buy. Then you can say, okay, Donald, or whatever you've named your, your inner critic, your imposter voice. And you can say, thank you for that. I'm going to do this. So let me check a few things. And that's where you then you quiet and stand Donald, because you can't have all the voices going at once. They're not simultaneous. It's not possible for them to, to, to all be talking at once. So then I can say, first of all, is it true? Is what Donald is saying to me true? Um, the other thing that I can say is what is it that Donald is warning me of? So where is that fear coming from? Um, what, what is the, what am I aff affirming to myself? And I can change the affirmation. I can choose a different affirmation. I can choose a, I am strong and capable. I am likable and I know what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my absolute best and I'm getting better every day. Those positive affirmations stated in the present and, you know, those, those will tune us into a different voice. Now, um, when we do that and we make the sales call, let's say, if that's what we're doing, then we celebrate the success. And even if it didn't go how you wanted or you didn't get the sale or they said, I'm going to call you back or whatever it is, then you could say, I made the call and celebrate that. I did the, these things well. You know, I was friendly. I was knowledgeable. I, you know, offered the sale because for some of us, even offering it is difficult. Um, and what will happen is your inner critic will want to go, yeah, but you offered it too soon. And you, you, you should have asked this and you should have pushed more. And you should, it's like, then you can quiet that down and say, okay, but Donald, I'm celebrating right now. This, I'm making a list of the things that uh, were successful that I did that I can celebrate. Because as I said to you at the beginning, that the imposter syndrome is a failure to internalize our successes in comparison to our failures. And if we allow those, yeah, but I didn't do these and I didn't do these, then we're, we're reinforcing and affirming all of the things that we should be afraid of. And the next time we go to make a sales call, guess what happens? You know, it's that. So it, it's really about kind of putting some perspective into what is successful and what you can celebrate and never mind that so and so would have done that because we're no longer comparing and never mind what donald is telling you yes you can acknowledge those things and you can say okay hmm, donald's telling me that i should have learned i i should have um offered the sale sooner or i should have offered the sale in a different way is that true well, yes, it, there, here's a better way to do it. And then affirm that to yourself. So that's where you go into the next state and you go into it in positive. I've, I, I failed to do that last time, remember, because I didn't have that knowledge. And now I have this knowledge and I'm going to do it and the next time. And then, of course, if the next time you do exactly the same thing, then 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 your inner critic is going to go, yeah, no, I see you did it again. You did it again. I told you, see, you always do this. Okay, well, first of all, always. Is that true? Like question generalizations, always, never, uh, even usually, you know, question those things. Is that always true? Is it never true? You know, really kind of start to question the generalizations that you use for your own performance. 
Now, um, when you do that, then you can start to say, well, no, because it was the one time when I did it really well. Great. So there's an exception. So it's not no longer true that it was always. Uh, and so and so that means if I've done it once before or a couple times before, then I can do that again. And then when you do your next sales call or whatever it is that you're doing, then you try and then you can celebrate that and say, oh, I celebrate that I did it or I celebrate that I recognize what I need to improve for the next time. So there's always something to celebrate in terms of successes. Um, Another thing that you can do if this is if this is going more into the imposter syndrome and more extreme, then you can list the reasons why you can do it, why it is possible for this to work, you know, and and anytime that you have a yeah, but then shut that down. Donald, thanks for that warning. I'm just focusing on what I can do right now or what is possible or why that can work. And so, so you can, you can really start to reinforce what is possible. And if you want to, you can make a physical list because that will help you go, oh, I have actually quite a long list here. I have some really good stuff here of reasons why I can do it. Um, and sometimes that is about transferring skills. So for example, maybe you um, are planning and organizing something. Then think about all the times when you have planned and organized well, or you know what you learned from, from planning and organizing in the past that you can bring to it. You know Whether that's, it didn't go well, and now I'm going to um, uh, improve it, and I know how to improve it, because I've learned from my experience, or I've asked for advice, or I've done some research. And so we go into that next thing in, in possibilities. Okay, um, something else that I wanted to share with you as a tip is relearning your failure. So, you know, if you've just come off of a sales call, for example, and it hasn't gone well, spend a moment. I actually talked about this a little bit on confidence on camera as well uh, last week with Adrian. Um, you know, go back over that situation and replay it in your head as if it went perfect, as if you made the shot or you asked for the sale or you did the thing exactly as you would want to. It, 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 it went to you just in an inspired, ideal way. And when you do that, then you can start to, you know, relearn it and reprogram it as a, as a positive. And that's called acting as if in the neurolinguistic programming or NLP world. So we act as if that went perfect. And then the next time we go into that sales call or face that situation, we act as if it went how you've rehearsed it into your own mind because you're reinforcing those neuro pathways. Um, something else that I wanted to look at a little bit in terms of managing your inner critic is around procrastination. So, um, you know, procrastination is is something that might be coming up from your imposter. For example, it's not going to be perfect, so let's put that off or let's not do that. Um, it might be something that is very fear-based that you haven't looked into yet. You're just shutting it down because it's fear. You, you have that fear. Um, and what you can do for your procrastination is look to your future self. So say again, for example, if you're making a sales call or whatever it is, then you, you run it through in your mind as if it's already happened in the ideal way. You visualize all the things that you're doing, thinking, experiencing, seeing, hearing, taste, touch, smell, all of the senses, visualize that going perfectly. 
going exactly as you want it to. And then it's it's a lot like you know replaying the past. Um, but if you haven't faced one yet, maybe this is your first time or first time since since you've um, come off of something that didn't go how you wanted. Then you you visualize that into your future. Um, so you know, my, I've just come off of my call. This is how it's gone, and it's gone exactly right. And you go through it in detail. And that that future pacing, that that um, looking to your future self, is really a strong tool, especially if you can close your eyes and visualize it a little bit more. Um, the other things for uh, managing your inner critic is around making sure that you're looking after yourself. So every Saturday, I post in Confidence Through Cabaret on the socials, self-care Saturday, what are you doing to honor you today? So that's about thinking, and we just came off the spring clean challenge, uh, which is the replays are still here on the YouTube channel. If you're here on, on the YouTube channel under the spring clean challenge playlist, they're also in the Confidence Through Cabaret uh, community. So do join us there on, on Facebook. Um, and and we we share you know share the the the, the uh, our outcomes from each of the days of the spring clean challenge in there um so self care is is about you know kind of thinking about what does your garden need today what is your, what does it need water does it need sunshine does it need uh some sort of food uh does it you know if 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 you were thinking about your body and mind what do you need today and i always refer to it like it's a garden because then we can think about you know what what fundamental things do we need what's going on below the surface what work needs to happen and how do i cause that that garden to bloom and so so really honoring what self-care means and what you most need. Um, and then the other tip that I have for you on um, managing your inner critic is self-forgiveness. Oh my goodness. <sighs> so as well as celebrating, then I would do this practice, uh, you know, celebrating and then I forgive myself for these things. I would do that before the celebration. So I forgive myself for not offering the sale right away. I forgive myself for being a few minutes late onto the call. I forgive myself for the, you know, um, the technology not being set up quite right or whatever. I forgive myself for not knowing some of those things. And then you can go into the celebration or vice versa, or ideally sandwich it with, you know, kind of here are my successes. Here are the things that I forgive myself for. And here are the things that I commit to myself. So I commit to myself that next time I will know that I will set that up. I will change that. I will, you know, so, so go through those successes, go through those forgiveness practices and then go through the I commit to you the next time, which is again reaffirming your successes. It's a, it's a, a sandwich effectively. Um, and then face the next time. As quickly as possible, face the next time so you don't have too much time to build it up in your head and for that inner critic to start getting some more momentum. So get started. Break it down into small chunks if you need to so you do the first step. So when I was first learning the podcasting, uh, it was kind of like, you know, how do I use the technology? Oh, I don't know how to use the technology. It's too much. Okay, but I didn't need to know all the technology. I still don't know all the technology over a year later. But what I am doing is breaking it down a little bit by little bit. I'm getting better at each of the chunks and I'm taking step by step. So if I wake up and I'm overwhelmed by all the things that need to happen, then I just break that down into, okay, so what's the first thing I need to do? And then I'm in that moment with my first thing that I need to do. I've actually just been coaching somebody on this uh, this week with, okay, so let's identify the steps that are involved. 
And then let's look at working through each of those steps. So what's the first thing that needs to happen? And then what's the next thing that needs to happen? And then at the end of each step, celebrate and congratulate yourself for getting, tackling that step, getting through that step, you know, forgiveness, commitment, and, uh, you know, for the future, and then next step, and then next step. And they're very small incremental steps. And all of a sudden that adds up. Um, and you'll see, you'll see, you know, at the end of the day, how satisfied you are with making the steps. Now your inner critic might go, yeah, but you didn't do the other 10 steps. Well, but I did these steps, right? And so I go through a self-forgiveness um, process pretty much at the end of every day for all the things that I didn't get done. Um, and what the work that I still need to do is to go back over why am I over committing to myself all of the things that I say I'm going to get done. So what I do is I make a huge to-do list and then I, I look at what I can do each day. And it, that is still too big. I need to, I need to look at that because otherwise I would just be a workaholic um, all of the time, which I enjoy because I enjoy my work. Um, I am fully on the path that is my passion, but uh, I need to look at, you know, rather than having forgiveness practice at the end of each day, kind of for all the things I didn't get done, is just kind of being more realistic. If I know that I have four hours of interruptions interspersed throughout the day, then I, that's four hours less that I should plan for. It's not tacking four hours onto the end of my day, for example. But, you know, um, those, those um, manageable chunks, getting through those, and then celebrating and congratulating yourself. I have a friend that we do that each day. We start off with congratulations for getting a good night's sleep. We work through the day, congratulations, well done for doing this, well done for getting so much done at the end of the day. And we remind one another all of the things that we've reported to one another that we've got done, well done, and then we list them for each other. You can do that for yourself because you know, where you're in a critic can be your toxic best friend in your head. You also can have your best friend in your head and you can name that person as well. That kind, generous, gentle, forgiving, encouraging friend inside of your head. That is another voice, that nurturing parent uh, uh, mode inside of your head. Um, and I, I would absolutely give that person a name as well. And in fact, that's what I'm going to do some reflection on after I've recorded this episode. Um, so uh, ask yourself what it is that you're trying to avoid. Um, make sure that you are comfortable with um, the reasons behind that. And ask yourself why you're trying to avoid that. What is the worst case scenario? I've talked about this earlier, but you can take yourself through that worst case scenario so that you realize that nothing truly bad will happen. So uh, I might take myself through uh, the worst case scenario is they say no. What happens if they say no? Well, then they won't be in my program or they won't be one of my coaching clients. Okay, what happens if they're not? Well, then I have space for someone else. You know, and 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 just keep going through that. And and it's it's a recognized problem solving tool. It's called the five whys. It's also what I refer to as the two year old game where they go why 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 why. You know, and, and eventually you end up with because I said so. <laughs> but um, you're probably more patient than me, and, and you don't do that. But um, but it's that you know, kind of when you want to get to root cause of what it is that you're trying to avoid, why is the way to go? Um, because then you will get to the the actual root cause, and then you can ask yourself, is that true? Um, and you can brainstorm those those um, fears. The other thing is 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 beautiful is that. You can say, is this serving me 
to hold on to this belief or affirm this belief over and over? Is it helpful to me? Is this a strategy that I would teach someone else? Someone that I truly love, let's say it's my children or my friends, would I teach them that strategy? Would I want them to, to be you know, unforgiving, to be blaming themselves, to be saying they're not good enough? You know, No, of course not. Why not? And you can go through that wall because it's not nice. And then you can, when you bottom that out, then you'll know that this is how you need to treat yourself as well. And we're back to the self-care. Um, and then you can acknowledge that belief. And I would say if there are a lot of beliefs coming up, pick one thing at a time because just like filling your day with too many things that you'll never get done, filling yourself with trying to solve it all at once is too much. So I would pick one key belief. Maybe it's the fear that they'll say no because they always say no because they're never going to want what I'm doing because I'm not enough of an expert because then then you can go back through that, unpick it, go through the whys, understand your fear, check if it's true, decide if it's helpful for you, if it's something that you would teach a loved one, and then you can really start to say, no, it's not something. And I forgive myself for believing that. I forgive myself for acting that way. I celebrate that I've, that I've, I've done it well. I've just dropped my notes. I celebrate that I've done it well. I celebrate that I've, I've, I've done that work and that I can now move on past it because here is my new belief. And I strongly suggest that, and this is my last point here, is to uh, for you to f- find affirmations that support it. Now, I have just recently redone my affirmations. I uh, came up with 50 affirmations. I choose the ones that are serving me for the belief that I'm working on in that moment. And I, I, I use that affirmation over and over throughout any day um, until it's internalized. And then and then uh, every once in a while, it will still pop back up in my head and I'll say, ah, thank you for that affirmation. And I'll, I'll affirm it again. Uh, I also have affirmations. You probably can't, uh, maybe if I tilt my camera, if you're watching this, I also have affirmations written all over my wall on post-it notes. And where when I... Um, sit down in in my space to record something, then I see those affirmations and I read out the key ones and I really close my eyes and focus on them and feel it in body and mind to experience it. So those are some of my my key tips. If this has raised anything about your inner critic or imposter voice that you want to work through, I have so much um, uh, admiration for you recognizing it. Um, I am very happy to help you work through it. Uh, You can get in touch with me on all of the socials. I am uh, Confidence Through Cabaret uh, on all of the socials except for Twitter. And on Twitter, we are at YBYWYS. I'm also Heather Jean on all of the socials, so you can always send me a Facebook Messenger message. You can drop a message here below. Uh, If you are watching this on YouTube, I see the YouTube uh, messages as well. Please like and subscribe while you're here. Uh, If you're on on podcast uh, and you're listening in audio, um, then for some of the platforms, you can leave comments. Uh, it's not as consistent as I'd love it to be. So just jump into um, Facebook and send me a Facebook Messenger message on Heather Jean or Confidence Through Cabaret. So again, the only place we are not Confidence Through Cabaret is on Twitter. We are at YBYWYS. Please check us out on all of the social platforms. Uh, the other place that we are not Confidence Through Cabaret, I am at Heather YBYWYS on Clubhouse. And we have a club which is 
Confidence and Attitudes Club on Clubhouse as well. So thank you for joining me. I love having you here. Check out the Confidence with Coffee uh, segment. I'll take one piece of this uh, episode and expand a little bit more on that. Um, and that is on the YouTube channel, Confidence Through Cabaret, and it's under the Confidence with Coffee uh, playlist. So those six little letters for Twitter and Clubhouse YB, YWIS, they stand for, it is your body and it is your world and it is your stage so take up space own it you deserve it and you get to choose how you talk to yourself what you believe and what you choose in terms of your path of your passion thank you so much for joining me I will see you next Wednesday for another podcast episode. We have the amazing Geneva Livingstone joining us, and we will be sharing a lot about her business and how it's evolved. Thank you again. Bye for now.